0: This is the podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Power Play, a new series which is part of The Straits Times Asian Insider podcast channel. I'm Carissa Yong, ST's US correspondent based in Washington, D.C.
1: And I'm Danson Cheung, ST's China correspondent based in Beijing. Together, every month, both of us will look at various facets of the US-China rivalry and its implications for Asia.
0: So to kick this first episode off, we're going to look at climate change. So Denson, here in the US, it looks like the Biden administration's messaging is that America is back and America wants to lead the world again in combating climate change. So what the US has done is it's pledged to halve its greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. And this is based on 2005 levels. And it also wants to be carbon neutral by 2050. So America says that it wants to cooperate with China to help the world transition from fossil fuels to renewable energy. But there's also a lot of scepticism in America over whether China is being genuine in its desire to fight climate change because America sees that China relies a lot on coal and also is exporting coal overseas.
1: Yeah, that's a paradox, right?
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a paradox to grapple with because China is leading in some areas like solar and wind energy and electric vehicles. But at the same time, it's also still heavily dependent on coal And coal's been called the dirtiest fossil fuel because it puts out the most CO2 per unit of energy. So I'm curious about how China sees America's climate ambitions. Are they seen as something to browbeat China with? Because some of the emails that I get from ST readers in Singapore, they say that America is being hypocritical since it's the world's second largest greenhouse gas emitter. And it's actually ahead of China if you count emissions on a per capita basis. So how much does China view climate change as an area for cooperation?
1: Uh, you, you know, I think you're right, Carissa. I think what has become increasingly clear is that uh, climate change has become this new arena for both uh, US-China cooperation and competition. Uh, you know, you raised uh, very good points about the scepticism over China's climate goals and, you know, its spotchy record. And I think, you know, we'll get to them in the course of this episode. But I think the first thing to note is that the Trump administration's uh, backsliding on climate Uh, has been a real gift uh, for China. It allowed, I think, Beijing to take a greater leadership role in this very, very important uh, global issue. And uh, in many ways, uh, President Xi Jinping has has attached his own personal signature to China's latest climate goals. Uh, I think we all remember the moment last year when, when, you know, he pledged that China would peak uh, carbon emissions by 2030 and become carbon neutral by 2060. And you know, for the world's uh, you know largest emitter of you know carbon dioxide, it was it was a momentous goal that they set. But of course, as you rightly point out, you know there has been a fair bit of skepticism over whether uh, China is actually serious uh, about meeting these targets. And I think the main issue is that uh, you know South of hasn't provided details on how it intends to meet these uh, its carbon neutrality goals. Having said that, in my view, I think much of the skepticism over China's ambitions are misplaced.
0: Hmm. Misplaced skepticism. You think so?
1: Uh, Beijing, I think, knows that the low carbon economy is the future, and it is in its you know future economic interests for it to reduce carbon emissions. You know its reliance on coal and other heavily polluting industries. You know, and sort of position itself as a leader in these uh, emerging uh, renewable energy technologies. Um, And I think the fact that there's been political will to do this right from the top, Mr Xi Jinping, you know, uh, last month during the US Climate Summit said China would draw down its coal use from 2025, I think that can be taken as a very encouraging sign. But the one thing I'm quite interested to know, you know, uh, from you, Carissa, is how the US is balancing competition and cooperation with China uh, on this issue of climate change.
0: Yeah, so it's all about balance. So one interesting thing is that America is casting this climate fight as part of its strategic competition with China. So Blinken, US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, he said that it's difficult to imagine the US winning the long-term strategic competition with China if it cannot lead the renewable energy revolution. So he's talking about competition and he says that America has to catch up with China so it can shape the world's climate future and create jobs for Americans. So part of this is political because the Biden administration is selling renewable energy to Republicans and skeptics as a way to create jobs, because the switch away from fossil fuels will cause a lot of jobs, especially in areas where the Democrats need to win in next year's midterms and also in the 2024 presidential elections. But there's also this sense among analysts that climate change will be yet another component of the US-China rivalry instead of the issue that brings them together. So is there this you know same sense of rivalry in China, or is this more like an American insecurity at being outcompeted by China?
1: Here in Beijing, I think China's climate ambitions and goals are positioned as something that China needs to do for its own sake. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, Beijing can see the economic benefits uh, you know in its low carbon transition. And I think in some ways, it's in a very comfortable place. You know, China is the world's leader in green energy. It generates something like double the renewable energy than the US, and it's the world's largest exporter of solar panels. So officials sometimes bristle in comparisons with the US here. Um, there's a view that while Washington has been moving backward during the Trump years, uh, Beijing has been making progress. So now the US must first catch up and get its own house in order before it can criticize China.
0: Yeah, Blinken himself says that the U.S. must get its house in order so that it can compete with China.
1: That said, with all that has happened between the U.S. and China over the past few years, I think China also recognises that climate change is one of the few areas in which both sides can cooperate, You know, which could, in theory, uh, prevent or try and uh, put a flaw under uh, other parts of the relationship. We saw some of that when climate envoys Xie Zhenhua and, and John Kerry met in Shanghai last month. Uh, I mean, you know, what a surprise that meeting was. I don't think there was a lot of optimism after initial talks between uh, US and Chinese diplomats in Alaska earlier this year. Um, but the fact that, you know, uh, during the seer Kerry meeting last month, both sides could come together, uh, issue a joint statement, and identify areas of cooperation, I think shows that Beijing is very, very keen to turn uh, climate into a space where both sides can cooperate. Now, if you like Power Play so far, please subscribe to the Asian Insider podcast channel On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, like us and rate us. Back to ST's US correspondent, Carissa Yong, and China correspondent, Danson Cheong.
0: So actually competition between the US and China might not be a bad thing when it comes to the climate, because um, I spoke to some analysts and they said that the US and China could be in what they said was a race to the top, which is they compete with each other in a way that strengthens the planet's climate protection. So for example, if the US manages to turbocharge its electric vehicle manufacturing and sales, it can compete with China for the overseas market and that can bring the price of vehicles and batteries down and also make them more readily available. And if the US and China also both continue to set bolder climate targets, this might encourage other countries to do the same. So it's sort of like a positive peer pressure.
1: Well, Carissa, the idea that both sides might be in a race to the top is not a bad one. I think everyone would benefit if the world's two largest economies uh, you know, began competing to develop better green technologies.
0: But there are also issues where Asian countries might once again be caught between the US and China, because the US has said it will call out countries, and it used the words call out, that rely heavily on coal or invest in new coal factories, and this is definitely a reference to China. So there might be pressure on some countries that are involved in coal projects under the Belt and Road Initiative to rethink them, and this might include Vietnam and Cambodia.
1: But I think what China needs to do now, if it wants to cement its image as a global leader in fighting climate change, you know, is to first lay out a plan for decarbonisation, uh, to demonstrate that it means what it says. Uh, you know, and uh, China, at this point, you know, continues to develop coal-fired power, you know, which uh, climate analysts say will only make its carbon neutrality goal more difficult. It should set a moratorium on new coal plants, set a cap on coal consumption, and also stop financing coal projects in other countries under the Belt and Road Initiative. You know, they're not easy tasks. For example, uh, you know, Beijing will have to create millions of new jobs for workers employed by the coal industry. But if it fails to do these things, you know, its climate ambitions will continue to be subject to questions from the global community and leave Beijing open to criticism from Washington. I think all these are points of potential friction. Um, But the hope is, you know, as we get closer to the UN COP26 climate summit later this year, that China will start to flesh out some of its plans.
0: Well, I hope so too, Danson. Well, that nicely wraps our chat up. You've been listening to PowerPlay, I'm Carissa Yong.
1: And I'm Danson Chung. Do check out our bylines in the Straits Times online. We also have links in our podcast text description below. And don't forget to subscribe to the revamped Asian Insider Podcast channel on your favourite audio apps. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts as we roll out new programs weekly.
0: That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3.